Well, hello and good evening and welcome to Steadfast. I am so glad to be with you once again as we wrap up the series we've been going through in Psalm 5, God Reigns in the Rain. Over these last weeks, we've been reminded of how God is indeed in control, even when everything feels chaotic around us. And that's where we ended last time. We talked about how often life feels like a DMV, a Department of Motor Vehicles, and, and how everything's out of control. And we wonder if we have all the right paperwork. And yet we ended with, we find in God's promises, the confidence that indeed we do as long as we trust in Jesus. That's the only thing we need. And so tonight we're going to be thinking about celebrations. We're going to be thinking about the celebration David is able to have in that promise that we, we were discussing and how that applies to us now. We have lots of celebrations in life, and sometimes we don't even really know what they're for. I saw the headline, maybe you did as well, recently that Amazon is going to have a pre-pre-Black Friday, post-Prime Day celebration. They're going to have all kinds of sales, and it's going to come before their Black Friday stuff. It always comes before Black Friday. It's after Prime Day. It's already happened this year. So it's a, like I said, pre-pre-Black Friday, post-Prime Day celebration in anticipation, presumably, of Christmas, which is why Black Friday occurs when it does. But it's so convoluted and so removed. Is, is it, What are we really celebrating? Well, I, I guess we're celebrating a sale. Sales can be fun, but we're not even sure necessarily what we're celebrating. And so it starts to feel sort of routine. Sometimes even when something's exciting and has all kinds of hype around it and there's all these headlines covering it, we think, I guess I should be excited, but why? And sometimes we go to church and we feel that same thing. It feels like we're going to the pre-pre-everything's-going-to-be-okay, Jesus is coming back, post-Jesus came. I really don't know why we're celebrating because really when I'm looking at my life, everything just feels broken moment. We think, why does the psalmist celebrate? We think about King David here as he's writing this psalm, and, and he's right in that pre-pre-post spot too because things are bad. We... We've talked about how we don't know exactly what's wrong, but David's really speaking to where we all are. We all find ourselves in those places where we can look back at some happy times, but they often feel distant. We can look forward to God's promises and we even embrace them, but they feel very distant going in the other direction. And we think, what are we celebrating anyway? But what he wants to remind us and what we find again and again in scripture is we have something to celebrate, something to celebrate right now because of how faithful God's promises are. And let's go ahead and come before our faithful God and ask for his guidance as we are reminded once again of those promises. Let's pray. Father, sometimes it feels like we are in that moment where there's anticipation for things. We hear we should be happy, we should be joyous, and yet we think, is it really going to come? It feels so far away. And we look back and we see your faithfulness. And yet in this moment, as we're clouded by uncertainty, as we're clouded by the challenges of life, it feels so far away too. But would you remind us of your faithful promises? Would you remind us of your faithful presence with us? Even right now, even in this moment that we have reason to celebrate. And would you help us to have your peace and your grace in that we, we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and look at what King David says. Verse 11 of Psalm 5. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. 
wow, what wonderful promises David's talking about here. He's saying, take refuge. Notice what he's saying here once again, take refuge in those promises. Let them, everyone who takes refuge, sing for joy. Now, if we think about this for a moment, if you stare at that word refuge for a moment, what does refuge mean to you? Well, it might mean a safe place. It might mean somewhere that you can go to, to be rescued from trouble, but it implies that there's something you need refuge from. Well, that's not good. Notice a little further here. Spread your protection over them. What does that mean? It means you need protection from something. That's not good either. And yet at each point here, let them sing for joy. Let them exult in you. Why are we being told these things? Because these are the things that we can hold on to, that God does this and that he does this leading somewhere that, that yes, in the moment we might be seeking refuge. Yes, in the moment we might need protection, but why is God protecting us? Why is he offering us refuge? Because he is the one who is truly righteous and the one who is truly victorious and those who trust in him are declared righteous by him and therefore triumph in him. That's what he wants us to understand in this moment. That if you're trusting in him and you, even you're maybe struggling because you feel like he is providing you somewhat with refuge, but it still just feels like everything's broken. You read his promises and say, yes, God is good. Yes, he is faithful, but I don't feel like this moment is good. As you see those little ways that God's working in your life, as you're reminded that God is with you in this moment, that that's a preview of what's to come. It's not the fullness. Yes, things can be broken in the moment, but why do we rejoice? Because we know that he actually is going to come through. That we can indeed praise God in the rain, there was the old Casting Crowns song, Praise You in This Storm, that we can praise him in the storms of life. Why? Because, because he's faithful. Because he is the one who rescues us. Because he is the one who does provide refuge for those who trust in him, who, who does provide protection. And so we know, we know what's coming. And because we know what's coming, we can rejoice. We make lots of decisions in life based on on the the data we have available to anticipate. And sometimes that's helpful information. Sometimes it's not. I'm sure all of us have maybe bought extra supplies before a storm trying to get ready in case we, we can't go out in the middle of winter and it, nothing happens. Maybe there's times that you prepare for a, a party or a trip and it doesn't happen. We do those sorts of things. Sometimes maybe we make investments. We invest in a company or, or a mutual fund preparing for retirement. And what happens? Well, the company goes under. The The fund invests in the wrong things. Or, or we don't actually make it to retirement. We see people who've planned everything out and then they don't live long enough to, to enjoy what they've set aside. We see all those things. We don't necessarily know what to anticipate. But we read God's word and we're given the overall picture of what to anticipate. And it allows us to to move in a direction of joy. I was reading about Ryan Hunt. I, I spoke at the beginning about this upcoming sale that Amazon's doing. Ryan Hunt is someone who has gotten involved in selling stuff online. And, and oftentimes if we go online to any of the big retailers now, all of them seem to do it. You'll notice sometimes the product's being sold directly by the company. And sometimes it's being sold by a third party seller, probably someone we've never heard of before. And, and a lot of those people are like this man, Ryan Hunt. How did he get started in selling online? Well, what he did is he he realized he had a pretty good sense of how to anticipate what people were going to want down the road. And he loved to bargain hunt. I love to bargain hunt. So what did he do? He, he went to the local big box stores and went over to their clearance 
table and he started looking for things that he could see could be of more value than they were being sold for. And he downloaded the app for one of the big e-commerce sites that lets sellers scan and see how much things are selling for. And he'd go through and he'd pick up the things where there was a substantial margin between what he could buy it for in this clearance sale and what he could sell it for online. And after several months, he was making enough money doing this. He was able to step away from his job and make it his full-time job. He now has a company with 11 employees that do this, go around scouring for clearance sales, anticipating what people are going to want to buy, and then putting it up online. He mentioned sometimes he's anticipated the wrong thing, especially early on. He said it took him a while to get the hang of it. He'd buy some things he thought were useful that ended up being the where they either couldn't sell for enough to make a profit off of, or people just didn't want them. And so he got stuck with them. Probably why most of us, we hear about something like that and we think, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe you're you're watching tonight and thinking about going to work tomorrow and you think, boy, I'd, I'd much rather go bargain hunting than go to whatever my job is. But then why don't we do that? Well, we think because I'm going to anticipate the wrong things. I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff that no one wants and then I'm just going to be in the hole. I'm not going to have a job. I'm going to declare bankruptcy. Everything will go wrong. I think that's sometimes why we struggle with joy with our God too, because we think, well, maybe I'm anticipating the wrong things. Maybe this really is all there is. And all I have to look forward to is a few more years in which everything seems to go wrong and in which I don't really know where I'm even going. And then what happens? Will you inevitably die? But God says, you don't have to anticipate what the crowd's going to want to buy. You don't have to somehow find some get-rich-quick scheme and, and actually be the one person it works for in order to have something to rejoice over. You can trust in my promises, and those promises will always come into season. There's never going to be a time that you put your, your stock into God's promises and find out, well, it's not the right year for it. It isn't the right time. Certainly, there have been people who have predicted Jesus is returning at a certain time, and people have sold everything and gone to some gathering spot they thought that Jesus was going to come to, and that didn't work out. But that wasn't because of God's promises. That was because of false teachers who, who distorted God's promises and said they understood more than what was clearly there and, and claimed to have special insights. We don't need to do that. That's like chasing after these, these money-making schemes and thinking we'll figure out the right one and that we're going to be the next person that's a Ryan Hunt who who turns it into a successful business. We don't need to do that because all of us can come right to God's word and there's plenty there right now. We don't need special insights. We don't need to find the clearance table of blessing that, that allows us to actually have enough money to buy into that blessing because it's God's righteousness that gets it to us. And so if God is the one providing it and God's the one who's promising it and God's the one who's actually doing it over and over again throughout all history, well, then what can we do? We can rejoice because we are not anticipating what might come in life or how we can get ahead in life enough that we'll have a nice earthly life or get ahead enough that we can actually do some good and earn a better eternal life. We don't have to do any of that. We can just anticipate what God is going to do. And that's what we see in verse 12. David says, for you bless the righteous, O Lord. You, you cover him with favor as a shield. Think about that picture. We talked last week about that the righteous person is the one who trusts in Jesus. David knows he's not righteous by an objective standard. He's righteous because God has declared him righteous, because he loves his God and God gives him his own God's own righteousness. And then he has this beautiful, beautiful picture. Look at that again. This picture, cover him with favor as a shield. 
This word cover only occurs twice in scripture. The other time it's in a less pleasant context, in a, a context where David is being pursued by Saul. And it says that, that Saul is closing in on David. We can see that in 1 Samuel 23, 26. Take a look. Saul went on one side of the mountain and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And David was hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his men were closing in, there's that word, on David and his men to capture them. And we're not going to go on, but imagine we're talking about pleasant things or, or, or possibly good things. What do we see here? Well, we see something that's not pleasant at all. David is being pursued and the one who wants to kill him is getting closer. He's closing in with troops surrounding him. Maybe David's thinking back to how all-encompassing that felt in that moment as he's writing this here and describing that God's own blessing covers the person who trusts in the Lord. What's he saying there? God closes in on us. And it's not closes in on us with judgment and fierceness. Yes, God is the righteous judge. Yes, he will judge those who, who turn away from him, who say, I don't want anything to do with you, Lord. I want to do my own thing. I want to get things in order in my own way. But what does he do for us as we choose a different path? That you can choose today if you haven't already. That we choose instead to, to see what he's promised here and say, God, I want that. I want to hold on to what you've said here. I want, I want Jesus. I know I'm sinful. I know I'm not righteous by an objective standard, but I want to know what it's like to be blessed by you. I want to, to have you cover me with your favor as a shield. Yes, that, that again implies a, a protective covering, and, we, and that means there might be tumult in this moment, but I know you're faithful, and so I want that, Lord. And when we say that, we're saying, God, close in on me, close in on me just ever as much as the most fearsome army closing in on someone, descending upon a, that person to capture him. But in this case, not to capture us, but to bless us. Not to, to bring judgment down on us, but to bring God's favor down on us. And we might say, but he hasn't done it yet. How? I don't feel favored. But if you trust in him, know that you are. Yes, there's still brokenness in this world. David could speak to that throughout his entire life, because David had spent so much of his life on the run. David had been shown this amazing crowning shield of God's favor as Samuel anointed him as a young boy, as he was just out as a shepherd in a field, and, and suddenly he's being told he's going to become the king of Israel. He had God's favor. He had God's blessing on him. It didn't feel like it in the moment. Why? Because Saul would spend years after that trying to kill David. Sort of the opposite of what we often think of as, as favor and blessing. What was the favor and blessing that David had? The favor and blessing that David had, and he had that even when he was in rebellion, even when he was opposing God at times, because he never let go of his love of the Lord. What did he have? He had God with him. And when we're talking about the king of the universe, the best favor we can get is not everything goes smoothly tomorrow. It's that the God who made us is actually standing there right there with us. It's easy to miss that in, in everything going on in the moment. You've heard me and we're a few months away from you hearing me say this again because we'll be doing our 12 Days of Christmas devotional series. We're, we're only a few months away now. I know that some of you are saying, oh, I can't wait. Can I put the tree at the beginning of October? And others of you are saying, no, not before Thanksgiving. But it is coming. 
And once we get there, it just feels like it goes flying by, doesn't it? It still feels a little distant right now. Yes, we still have some pumpkin spice season left, but soon it'll be Christmas. And what you hear me say every Christmas season is, please join us for the 12 days of Christmas after and do the devotional booklet because it feels like there's such a flurry of activity, it's hard to even experience what Christmas is about. Talked at the beginning of this time about what are we celebrating? And sometimes even in the midst of Christmas, we wonder what are we celebrating? Because we're going so many different directions and we're supposed to be singing songs of joy, but it doesn't feel very joyful in the moment. It feels sort of more joyful as maybe we buy some packages of Christmas cards a little early, getting ahead and, and we have joy written on them, but we haven't yet gotten into all the, the chaos and all the demands and all the things going on, the flurry of activity. But why do I, I love those days after Christmas? And I know those of you that have been following Little Hills for a while have heard me say this, or you've you've known me for years, you've heard me say this. It's because we finally slow down after Christmas. And so much feels ordinary that so many people take the decorations down. But now we can actually stop and, and really celebrate the expectation of what's to come. Because why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we celebrate Easter? Why do we... Why do we celebrate every week God's goodness? We celebrate it because we know that God isn't done yet. But what we see, what we see on Christmas, what we see on Easter, what we see as we go through the Psalms, what we see as we go through the New Testament, what we see in every part of Scripture is that God is still working and that he's faithful to complete what he said he's going to do. And and that's what David is holding on to here. Christmas hadn't even come yet. Jesus hadn't come into the world, but David had this shadowy picture of what was to come, and he knew that this shield of favor that would cover him, yes, things were going to be bad in the moment, but God was going to be faithful in the end. We have so much more that we can reflect on than David. We do have Christmas that's already happened. Jesus has been born into this world. We have Easter that's happened. Jesus has triumphed over death in this world. As we look at those things, we can hear about God's favor and say, yes, this is the picture of God's favor. That the one who made the heavens and the earth would come into the world to live, to suffer, and to die for us, and that he did do that. And that now we can have a part of that favor. We can experience it right now by trusting in him. Talk about God closing in on us. He came into the world. And he could have done what no army ever could imagine. He could have just utterly wiped out all of humanity. But he didn't. He offered favor to those who would turn to him. He gave his spirit that dwells in the hearts of believers, that he is with us, giving us favor every single moment. Favor that David has a glimpse of, but we can understand even more fully. You want to talk about celebration? This isn't the pre-pre-post-whatever, why are we doing this sale? I guess they just wanted to have another sale sale. This isn't trying to figure out where the trend is going. This is knowing that in this moment, that right now as we trust in him, but David says in verse 12, For you bless the righteous, O Lord, for you cover him with favor as a shield. That's what each of us can celebrate right now. We can celebrate that God is closing in on us. As we trust in him, he's closing in on us with his favor, with his blessing. That will always be in season. Someday we'll experience it fully. But wherever you are right now, whatever pain you might be experiencing right now, know that he will make it right. Just as David knew that he would make it right. He wasn't experiencing it yet. He just knew who God was. You can know who God is too. I can know who God is too. And know that he will close in on us. And so we can celebrate. 
Let's come before that God now and ask for his peace and his comfort and the joy that comes from knowing him. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and sometimes we wonder, do we really have a reason to celebrate? When we come to church each week or we gather on Monday nights and we talk about things to rejoice in, are we just coming to another thing that's been worked up that it's a reason to celebrate. There are so many false celebrations. There are so many seemingly hyped up celebrations these days. And, and yet, Lord, we know when we come to you and we, we hear your promises and we hold on to them, we are coming to, to something that's just been hyped up, to some made up thing to celebrate. But indeed, we are celebrating that you have shown time and again throughout history that you are faithful that we can be a part of experiencing your faithfulness by trusting in you, that it isn't just for other people. It isn't just for when everything's sorted out, but right now, right in this moment, right in the chaos, right in the uncertainty, that you are there showing your faithfulness. Lord, for those who don't yet know you tonight, I pray that, that maybe tonight would be the night you would nudge that person, him or her, to, to say... I want this now. And for those of us who have trusted but say, but it's so hard right now, Lord, would you remind us that you are with us in this, that you are faithful, that even as David was on the run, was he reminded of time and again that you were right there with him, that you didn't forget him. You weren't far away for someday when things got sorted out. You are there in the moment. You indeed reign in the rain. Lord, we all need to be reminded of that because our hope, our joy comes in you. We pray this in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope this was an encouragement to you tonight. I hope this whole series has been. What a wonderful thing it is to, to be reminded time and again, even when things are going haywire, God is with us. And that's what David could say in Psalm 5. It's the joy of the Psalms. And maybe if you haven't spent a lot of time in the Psalms, I encourage you keep reading on. And of course, instead fast, we will return to the Psalms in the future, but we're going to return somewhere else in the meantime. We are going to return to Second Peter. Back in summer of 2020, can you imagine? It feels like forever ago. We, we started exploring Second Peter, and we did a couple of series on that, including the series Growing, looking at the first chapter. Then this, this spring, we returned with a series called Dawning, thinking about the hope of the resurrection. Now we're going to a series called Anticipation, and we're going to start that next week. I'm so excited to share it with you as we anticipate the return of Jesus. Because Jesus didn't just overcome the sin of the world. Jesus didn't just overcome death in the moment way back when, and now we're left to sort out how we can kind of benefit from that. No, Jesus is going to return again and make everything good and true. And so there is reason to anticipate. There is reason to hope. And that's what we find in that concluding third chapter of Second Peter. So I hope that you'll join me next week for that. What a joy it has been to go through that over the last couple of years. I love how we're kind of going through different parts of the Bible together and then we return. And it reminds me of all the conversations we've had. If you're new tonight, join in that conversation for the first time. Maybe leave a comment in the comments below. If you've been here every week, of course, I'm so thankful when you do comment. You make a difference when you comment. You actually are telling social media, hey, this is something worthwhile. You're also allowing us to have conversation together, and that's a wonderful thing. So please do leave comments. Give us a like or a share. You are helping to get the word out of the one whom we anticipate in Scripture. 
there's any way that you can pray, you need prayer or you have a question you don't want to put in the comments, feel free to shoot us a text at our text line, 833-356-4032. It's great to hear from you that way as well. What a joy it is when we get to read and to study and to explore God's word together. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week, and I am anticipating a wonderful time together starting next week with the series Anticipation. I'll see you soon. Thank you.